And as the kids are coming down, two things real quickly. Number one, I feel like ever since the pandemic and reopening, as elders, we've bragged on the staff quite a few times, just everything they do and what a great job they do. And then number two, every week we've got that little tear-off portion of the worship guide, and we tell you to communicate with us, especially let us know prayer requests, different things. And I don't know if you all don't take that as seriously as we do or what, but some of you tore that off a few weeks ago, and you said, we'd really like to have our Christmas Eve service at the North Pole this year. And our staff is so good, we've not been faking that when we, we bragged about them for the past year and a half, that they couldn't get you to the North Pole, but they brought the North Pole to us for Christmas Eve. So thanks for making it here. That's how great the staff is. That's how serious we take those tear-off cards. You all need to start filling those out all the time and letting us know what you want. You never know what may happen. Um, one other thing. We're getting ready to read a story out of the Jesus Storybook Bible, and we're going to study it together, all of you all that are down here with me. You're going to tell us the truths about God that we hear out of this story. So I need you to listen and be thinking, what's this teach us about God? But parents, grandparents, everybody, this in the seats is for you for tomorrow morning. Um, what's written in here is by the lady who wrote this children's Bible. So there's just kind of a Christmas message and then we've got a link to one of these stories on the church website. You can watch the narrated version on YouTube in the morning together if you want. And then we've got some questions to ask if you want to work through that together as a family just tomorrow morning on Christmas morning. If you've got the Bible, you could also just read the story instead. But just wanted you to know that's there for you, and we hope you'll take that home and use it with your family tomorrow morning. So, all the kids that are down here with me, the most important thing Every single time that you read the Bible by yourself, with your family, here at church, wherever you are, anytime you study the Bible, is to keep in mind that God is trying to teach us things about himself when we read the Bible. God's helping us know who he is so that we know that we can trust him and love him and follow him and that he always has the best plan in mind for all of us and we need to know who he is. And so every single story, no matter where it is in the Bible, the big question is, What's this teach us about God? And the biggest answer is always going to be something that God has shown us in Jesus. That when he sent Jesus and Jesus was born, and that's why we celebrate Christmas, that everything that Jesus teaches us and shows us about God is the clearest picture we're ever going to have of who God is. And so what I did today, I picked a story in the Bible that actually happened a thousand years before Jesus was born. So we're reading a story that happened way before the first Christmas, but I think when we read it, you're going to hear that it was still God getting us ready for Jesus and teaching us about Jesus. So as I read this, I want you to keep that same question in mind. What does this teach us about God? And I'm going to ask you at the end, and I'm going to write your answers down on the iPad, and your parents and everybody else will be able to see it up on the screen, so you're going to give us all the things we're supposed to learn today about God. Does that sound good? I'm going to pray for us right now. I'm going to ask God to teach us the things that he wants us to know, and then we'll read this story together. So will you all pray with me? Father, thank you for this time right now. Thank you that we get to read the Bible together and know more about you. And Father, we ask that by your Holy Spirit, you will teach us right now. Teach our hearts truths about who you really are and help us to know you and trust you and love you more than ever before. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. All right, 
Can you all see this? I'll try to turn it around. I think it's going to be on the screen. Yeah, and right behind me. So if you can't see this one, you can look at one of the screens if you'd rather do that and read along while I read. But this story is called The Teeny Weeny True King. And it comes from 1 Samuel 16. If you want to look it up in your Bible later with your parents, that's in the Old Testament. Probably kind of the first fourth of the Bible if you're looking for 1 Samuel later. And like I said, about a thousand years before Jesus was born. So as I read, what's this teach us about God? Here we go. God's people had a new land. Now they wanted a king. But God is your king, Samuel told them. He's the one who looks after you best. We want a real king, they said, one we can see. God knew that a king might not be kind to his people or look after them as well as he would. But God's people didn't care. They wanted a king and they wanted him now. So... God gave them a king. He was called Saul, and he seemed like a good king at first. But he became proud, and he stopped listening to God. He didn't obey God or love God with his whole heart. Saul can't help me with my plan, God said. I need a king who loves me and will teach my people to love me. I need a true king. God had just the one in mind. Go to Bethlehem. God told Samuel, you'll find the new king there. Samuel's job was to listen to God and tell people what God said. So Samuel went to the little town of Bethlehem. God told Samuel to go to Jesse's house. God was going to choose one of Jesse's sons to be the new king. Now Jesse had seven strong sons. And in those days, if you were going to be the king, you didn't have to be the richest or the cleverest, although that was always nice. You had to look like a king, which meant you had to be the tallest and the strongest so you could carry the longest swords and biggest armor and defeat everyone. And it didn't hurt to be handsome either. Samuel asked Jesse to bring him each son in turn. So Jesse brought the oldest, tallest, strongest son. This must be the new king, Samuel thought. He looks like a king. But God didn't choose him. You're thinking about what he looks like on the outside, God told Samuel, but I'm looking at his heart, what he's like on the inside. So Jesse showed Samuel his next oldest, tallest, strongest son, but God didn't choose him either. In fact, God didn't choose any of the seven sons. Samuel said, is that all? Jesse laughed. Well, There's the youngest one, but he's just the weakling of the family. He's only teeny. Bring him, said Samuel. Jesse's youngest son came running up, and God spoke quietly to Samuel. This is the one. His name was David. He has a heart like mine, God said. It's full of love. He will help me with my secret rescue plan and one of his children's children's children will be the king and that king will rule the world forever Samuel anointed David's head with oil which was a special way to show that you're God's chosen king you'll be the new king one day Samuel told him and sure enough when he grew up David became king God chose David to be king because God was getting his people ready for an even greater king who was coming. 
Once again, God would say, go to Bethlehem. You'll find the new king there. And there, one starry night in Bethlehem, in the town of David, three wise men would find him. All right. What does that story teach us about God? What do you got? God doesn't always pick the strong and wealthy people. He picks people who love him. And we might even say God doesn't look at the things we look at on the outside. God looks at things that we can't see on the inside. What do you got? Um, he doesn't pick the strongest or the weakest. He will pick the weakest <laughs> and the loving. God doesn't pick the strongest. He will pick the weakest. And later on in the Bible, in 1 Corinthians, which is in the New Testament, there's actually a section in the very first chapter of 1 Corinthians that says that God intentionally picks the weakest because when God uses the weakest people, you know that God's the one who did it. That weak person surely couldn't have done it. David never could have been king on his own. The only reason it happens is because God did it. And so God picks the weakest to show that we need him and he's the one who's done it. And he says he picks the foolish instead of the wise. And he picks the people who have nothing at all instead of the people who have everything. Always showing we need him and he can do it all and we have to depend on him. That's a really good one. You've been waiting patiently with your hand up. What do you got? David was from Bethlehem and Jesus was too. Yes. God picked David from Bethlehem. To get us ready for Jesus, the King of Kings, from Bethlehem. God was showing us that he'd had the same plan in mind all along, all throughout history. And it was always about Jesus, even before we knew it. Yeah, that, there's a lot of good truths in that. So a truth about us, like people, humanity, is sometimes we choose people and maybe trust people instead of God and even if God gives us what we ask for, those people are never as good as God. That our hope and our trust is always in God. And when it's the people that he gives us and he's working through them, we're really thankful, but that's still him. 
But if we make the mistake of thinking, well, if they do this, that'll be my hope. That'll be what I'll, they're the ones that can save me. They're, they're the be the best king, and we're not looking at God. We're totally missing the whole point. Nobody can help us apart from God. Even if you don't want to trust God, you need to. Even if you don't want to trust God, you need to. You may think that you know better than God. The people thought they knew better than God. God had said, I'll be your king and I'll take care of you. And they said, no, we know better. We need a real king that we can see with our eyes and he can go into battle and win wars for us. They thought they knew better than God. Did they actually know better than God? When you think you know better than God, big secret right here, all right? Everybody listen. When you think you know better than God, you're wrong every single time. You never know better than God. He always knows better than you. He always knows better than me. If he says one thing and you think another thing, he's right. Listen to what he says every time. What else? God looks at our hearts. And I'll tell you something else here. When God looks at our hearts, he wants us to learn to look at each other's hearts too. So much of what we think in this world so, so much of what we think is important is based on the stuff we can see on the outside with our eyes, and we'll think that about other people, and we'll even think that about ourselves. Like, we'll start believing what the world says and think, I got to look this way, or I got to do this, or I got to make myself look like this so that other people will like me. And God's saying, that's not what matters. That's not the real thing. What really matters is what's in your heart. And the question is, is Jesus living in your heart? Is he making you like him because his spirit lives inside of you? Are there really good things growing inside of your heart because of Jesus? Or is there just normal human stuff growing inside of your heart because you aren't really trusting Jesus and not looking on the inside? What else? Any other truths about God that you heard that were really, really big to you? I saw that hand twitching. What do you got? <laughs> Yeah, God didn't want, you better put a T there, to pick a normal earthly king because God would be better for his people than any human. And that's another thing that we can remember right here is that a lot of times God doesn't do things the way that we would. Like the normal way that we would think in our minds or the normal way that the whole world would do something or tell us to do it, God has a way better plan and a bigger plan and it surprises us and it's not what we expect, but God knows what he's doing because he knows that he's God, even when God picked David, think about it, God was already thinking about Jesus a thousand years later. Nobody knew Jesus was coming yet, except God. Nobody knew Jesus was going to be born in Bethlehem, except God. Nobody knew that Jesus was going to be the king of kings, except God. And God had this big plan in mind, and he knew all these things that we didn't know. We could have never known why he was picking who he was picking, but he knew. And the same thing's true in your life. 
God knows what his plan is for you. He knows what's coming. He knows how he's going to use you. He knows how he's going to work in your life. And so when he tells you things, when he speaks to your heart, when he teaches you from the Bible, you can listen to him and you can trust him, even if you don't know everything that he's got in mind yet. Does that make sense? Anybody have anything else you want to say? One more, maybe two more. Or do we cover them all? Y'all covered some really good ones. I think you heard the main ones. Do you see how that story, even though it looks like it's a story about God choosing David to be king, the biggest part of the story is that God was going to send Jesus to be the king of kings? That's what I meant at the beginning, that the best way to understand the Bible is always to ask, what does this teach us about God? How does this show us Jesus? And so if you do this with your family tomorrow, if you use this, and the YouTube video or your Jesus Storybook Bible, I hope you'll ask that same question. You, there's, it's a different story tomorrow. It's the story about when Jesus is born. And so you can do the same thing with your family tomorrow, even maybe around the Christmas tree, and you'll learn some more truths about God. I'm going to pray for us right now and ask God to really teach these things to our hearts and help us share them with other people. And then after that, you can go to your seats, and we're going to sing some more and have a candlelight time together. Thank you all for all your help. Thanks for listening so well, too. Like, this was, I guess it's like the pre-Christmas calm, right? Last year, we did a Sunday morning the day after Christmas, and we were crazy. We don't get that this year. It's kind of sad. I kind of like the crazy time. But thank you all for listening and being calm, and thank you for all your great truths about God. Let's pray together. Father, thank you again for this time right now. Thank you for each of these children and for their parents and families and friends that have come with them tonight. Father, help us all to see you and to see your wisdom and your grace and your love and your great plan for us and your great plan for the world and to see that you're doing it all in Jesus. I pray that we see Jesus more, that we have a bigger view of Jesus and how great he is and that we love Jesus and trust Jesus and follow Jesus with our whole hearts. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. All right. Thank you all.